Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. Before we begin today's podcast, I wanted to mention our newest sponsor, Home Field Apparel. They offer premium collegiate apparel with vintage college designs. They have over 150 colleges available, and they will be adding even more. Homefield digs through the archives and history of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments to make thoughtful designs for your school. Since I live in upstate New York, I thought it appropriate to support the Syracuse Orangemen. The shirt I have is a lightweight gray t-shirt with a logo of an angry-looking goat wearing a banner that reads, Go Orange. Why a goat, you ask? Well, Vita the Goat made appearances during Syracuse football games at Archbold Stadium in the 1920s, dressed with signage. And it's very old school, and I'm kind of an old school guy, so I love it. The shirt is very comfortable and lightweight, which is perfect for those hot summer days. And the logo and lettering isn't that cheap iron-on stuff that starts peeling off after wearing it a few times. New customers get 15% off of their first purchase. Just type in Sports History when you check out. Go to homefieldapparel.com. That's homefieldapparel.com. Welcome to part three of the Yankees Dynasty series. The Yankees have had many great teams over the years, and this nearly two-decade run from 1947 to 1964 may have been their best. After three subpar seasons in 1944, 45, and 46, the Yankees were back at full strength in 1947 under the leadership of Bucky Harris. Harris took over as the Yankee skipper after Joe McCarthy resigned at the end of the 1945 season. McCarthy managed the Bronx Bombers from 1931 to 1945 and led the team to seven world championships. After missing three seasons due to the war, Joe DiMaggio was back in form in 1947 hitting 315, belting 20 home runs, and earning his third MVP award. Outfielder Tommy Henrich led the team in RBIs with 98. In a hard-fought series, the Yankees defeated the Dodgers four games to three to win their 11th World Series trophy. After finishing two and a half games out of first place in 1948, The team's new ownership fired Bucky Harris and replaced him with Casey Stengel. The Bombers beat the Dodgers again in 1949, winning four of five games to capture another World Series championship. 
Joe DiMaggio missed the first 65 games of the season due to a foot injury, but he still led the team in batting average, hitting 346. Tommy Henrich moved to first base and led the team in home runs with 24, while catcher Yogi Berra led the team in RBIs with 91. Pitcher Vic Rashi won 21 games. The Yankees kept winning in 1950 with yet another World Series victory, this time a sweep over the Philadelphia Phillies. Yogi Berra led the team with 124 RBIs, while Joe DiMaggio smashed 32 home runs. Shortstop Phil Rizzuto was extraordinary on defense and also led the team in batting average at 324. For his efforts, he, voted, he was voted the American League MVP. The Yankees continued to dominate in 1951 winning their 14th World Series, defeating the Giants four games to two. Yogi Berra had 27 home runs and 88 RBIs and won the American League MVP. Rookie infielder Gil McDougall led the team in batting average hitting 306 and won the American League Rookie of the Year award. Pitchers Vic Rashi and Eddie Lopat won a combined 42 games. The Yankee train kept rolling in 1952 as they defeated the Dodgers in the World Series four games to three. Yogi Berra led the team again with 30 home runs and 98 RBIs. Mickey Mantle, who took over at center field after Joe DiMaggio retired, led the team in batting average, hitting 3-11. Allie Reynolds was the Yankees' top pitcher with 20 wins and a 2.06 ERA. In 1953, the Yankees won an unprecedented fifth World Series in a row, defeating the Dodgers again. They are the only team in Major League Baseball history to win five World Championships in a row. Yogi Berra proved he was the best catcher in the American League belting 27 home runs and knocking in 108 RBIs. Outfielder Gene Woodling led the team in batting average, hitting 306. The Yankees won 103 games in 1954, the most regular season games they had won since 1942. But it wasn't enough as the Cleveland Indians won 111 games to claim the pennant. Yogi Berra won his second American League MVP award. The Yankees were back in the World Series in 1955 facing the Brooklyn Dodgers for the sixth time. But unlike the other five times, the Dodgers beat the Yankees to claim their first World Championship in team history. Yogi Berra once again led the team in runs batted in with 108. Mickey Mantle blasted 37 home runs and first baseman Bill Scourin batted 319 on the season. The Yankees avenged their loss to the Dodgers by defeating them in 1956, four games to three. It was their 17th world championship. 
In Game 5, Don Larson pitched the only perfect game in World Series history. Mickey Mantle won the Triple Crown, leading the league in home runs with 52, RBIs with 130, and batting average with 353. He also won the American League MVP. The Yankees won their 23rd pennant in 1957, but lost the World Series to the Milwaukee Braves in a hard-fought seven-game series. Mickey Mantle won the American League MVP for the second year in a row. Mantle batted 365, hit 34 home runs, and batted in 94 runs. Tony Kubek won the Rookie of the Year award. The Yankees avenged their loss to the Braves in 1958 to win World Championship number 18. Mickey Mantle hit 42 home runs and drove in 97 runs. Elston Howard led the team in batting average, hitting 314. The Yankees finished the 1959 season with a 79-75 and 75 record, their worst record since 1925. But they bounced back in 1960, winning their 25th pennant. In the World Series, the Yankees outscored the Pittsburgh Pirates 55-27, to but lost in seven games. Bobby Richardson became the only player from the losing team to win the series MVP. Mickey Mantle hit 40 home runs, Roger Maris had 112 RBIs, and won the American League MVP and Bill Scourin batted 309. Manager Casey Stengel, who had guided the team to 10 pennants and 7 World Series victories, was fired after the series, supposedly due to his advanced age. Upon being fired, Stengel said, I'll never make the mistake of being 70 again. Under the leadership of new manager Ralph Haupt, 1961 proved to be one of the best teams the Yankees ever had and one of the best teams in Major League Baseball history. Six players hit over 20 home runs as the team won 109 games. Elston Howard led the team in batting average with 348. Mickey Mantle had one of his best seasons belting 54 home runs, driving in 128 runs, and batted 317. A season like that would usually win you the MVP award, but that award went to teammate Roger Maris, who broke Babe Ruth's single season home run record with 61 home runs while driving in 141 runs. Pitcher Whitey Ford won 25 games while losing only four, earning him the Cy Young Award. The result was another World Series victory, this time over the Cincinnati Reds. Although not quite as good as the 1961 team, the 1962 Yankees repeated as World Series champions, defeating the San Francisco Giants in seven games. It was the seventh time the two teams faced each other in the World Series. Roger Maris again led the team in home runs with 33, and 
RBIs with 100. Mickey Mantle won his third MVP award and led the team in batting average, hitting 321. Pitcher Ralph Terry won 23 games. Shortstop Tom Tresh won the Rookie of the Year award. The Yankees had another great season in 1963, winning 104 games. First baseman Joe Pepitone led the team in RBIs with 89. Catcher Elston Howard won the American League MVP award with a 287 batting average, 28 home runs, and 85 RBIs. Pitcher Whitey Ford went 24-7 with a 2.74 ERA. Jim Bouton went 21-7 with a 2.53 ERA. But the Yankees were swept by the Los Angeles Dodgers in the World Series. After the series, Ralph Houck resigned as manager and took the front office job of general manager. The Yankees won their 29th pennant in 1964 under new manager Yogi Berra, but lost a tough-fought World Series to the St. Louis Cardinals four games to three. Mickey Mantle led the team with 35 home runs and 111 RBIs. Elston Howard led in batting average, hitting 313. The team went 102-67 on the season and came within one game of winning another World Series. Despite this, manager Yogi Berra was fired. The Yankees would not win another pennant until 1976. Although the Cincinnati Reds swept them in the World Series, they won the series in 1977 and 1978. After a two-year absence, they won their 33rd pennant, but lost the World Series. After a 14-year absence, the Yankees won their 23rd World Championship. From 1996 to 2003, the Yankees won six pennants and four World Series in what some would call a modern-day dynasty. The Yankees have not appeared in a World Series since 2009, when they won their 27th World Championship. Could 2022 be their 28th? Only time will tell. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and don't forget to subscribe for free. Until next week, take care and God bless. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. 
Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.